Hi, everybody, and thank you very much for checking out this edition of Tellich Talks. Corwin Collier of Maple Heights High School, he's a coach and a teacher, recently was named to be the man to grace the cover of Men's Health magazine. Quite the honor. He's smack dab on the middle of that cover if you check it out at any magazine rack around Northeast Ohio and this country. Mr. Collier, 14 years ago, however, may have never even thought that this would be a possibility. Because on a day in May of that year, while on duty at the military police in Iraq, a bomb exploded, severely injuring his right leg and his right hand, devastating injuries for him. And through those many months of rehabilitation, he had dark suicidal thoughts that he fought through. Because let's be perfectly honest, a track star had lost much of his identity, if you will, his speed from his legs gone for the most part because of those devastating injuries. And it took a lot of surgeries and rehab to help him bounce back, not just on the physical side, but on the mental side as well. And he persevered. And now the husband and the father of three is an inspiration to many as a teacher and a coach at Maple Heights High School in suburban Cleveland, Ohio. So how did Corwin rebound? What were some of the answers that he found as he went along that path after such a devastating beginning? I sat down with him and we chatted and he supplied me with some answers. Congratulations, Corwin, on that great honor. Take us back, um, not necessarily to being told when you're in New York City that you are the guy on the cover, you're gonna be the, the cover guy, um, but the preparation like in your life, you're from uh, Northeast Ohio, you went to Maple Heights High School, Take us from there. Like, what, you, you went into the service, and a lot of things happened that led us to this point. Um, actually, so when, upon graduating from Maple Heights, I actually got a track scholarship, and I went to college before I Southern Miss, right? Service. Yes, I went to University of Southern Miss, where I graduated from. And so after I graduated from college, and um, I was one of those people, <laughs> when you get a degree, you didn't know what to do with it. Um, Same here. So, <laughs> and I had it, and I couldn't get into my field uh, that I really wanted to be into. So I, I had a degree in sports administration, but every time you're trying to get into a, uh, into some type of sporting job, it was like, oh, you need experience. But I'm like, how do I get experience if I don't have a job? <laughs> so um, I did a little odd jobs for like six months, and my brother, who was in the Marine Corps, he um, had just came home from Iraq the same time I graduated from college. And so my older brother has always been one of my biggest influences and one of my biggest inspiration. And so I was like, you know what, uh, I'd rather do something with my life that's more meaningful than me just sitting here working these jobs that I'm not enjoying. Okay. And so in 2006, I joined the, um, the Army, and at the time, I was with my um, my wife and my son, my oldest son, and so I didn't want to go into active duty because my wife was still in college, and I didn't want to have them moving from place to place. So I was like, well, let me just join the National Guard until um, she That was, gave you more options. Right. It gave me more options until she was done with college, and then, I was, then the goal was for me to kind of look into active duty service then. But um, upon her graduation and everything else, things the ball, ball started rolling. And so in 2009, I got, ended up getting deployed to Iraq. And so... This is all happening fast. Yeah, so everything, like, all these things start happening. And so 
Um, when I get deployed to Iraq, I ended up getting injured, and and that's when everything kind of my whole life kind of shifts and change. And, and the injury had was very very extensive to the point where I ended up spending nine months in the hospital at Walter Reed. You were Walter Reed for that long yeah, period of time. I was there, and so once I got out of Walter Reed, um, during my time in Walter Reed, my wife, who is an educator too, um, she was uh, working on her master's degree the whole time I was in the hospital and I was telling her like, no, don't stop, keep going, keep pushing, you know, don't let my injury stop you. And so, but she's also one of, also one of my biggest influence too. And I used to see her teaching and doing the things she did. And I, I never forget, I was in the hospital and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next with my life. And so then I was looking when I was, she was working on a paper at the time and I was like, you know what? I know what I really want to do. And she was like, what? I said, I want to go into education and I want to be able to help young people and I want to help people kind of, you know, get to the next level. Like I had great teachers. I had great coaches and things. Who were some of those? Um, Like definitely uh, Mr. Belden, my English teacher, Mr. Walters, my history teacher, Dr. Franks, who's no longer here, but she was one of my uh, great influences. Mr. Peterson, um, he was one of my uh, history teachers. Uh, Mr. Bolgren, who was my track coach from 7th grade all the way through 12th grade. What events uh, did you compete in? I ran sprints and hurdles. So I was a hurdle, mainly a hurdler, though, in my entire life from 7th grade all the way through 12th grade. And um, it was like, it's, I would say it's Mr. Bolgren's fault that I became a hurdler. He uh, <laughs> he tried to make me run the 800 because he didn't know anything 800 about me. 800 is yeah. brutal, isn't it, Carwin? When I was in seventh grade, he didn't know anything about me. And so he tried to make me run the 800 for the very first track meet. And I'll never forget, I seen, like, there was nobody in the hurdles event. And I had never ran hurdles a day in my I knew nothing about it. And I was like, Coach, can I just, can I go try that? And he was like, if you want to. <laughs> and I ended up winning the race. And so, and I actually knew how to hurdle, but I didn't know. I knew how to hurdle and so and from that I, it just developed into me being this hurdler and it's how I got to college and stuff like that and, and getting to the state meet and all the other stuff that I ended up doing between high school and college so but they were all great teachers they were all great people who kind of like were part of my life um growing up in Maple Heights and I mean there's so many other people I can name like Dr. Griffin who I currently still not I who was my teacher now I'm working with um that's kind of cool yeah um Mrs. Fears, um, I, it's so many different teachers that came through my life that were great at Maple Heights and kind of influenced me to be the person that I am. And so, like I said, my wife is an educator too. So when I, like I said, when I seen her doing that, I kind of said, this is what I want to do in my life. This is, to me, would be the next best thing. I got. I felt like God gave me a second chance at life. So if I'm going to take this second chance, I need to make sure that I'm doing something um, great with it. And I figured education would be the best way to do that. And so I came back home in 2010, late 2000, um, not late, but March 2010. And then I started my journey of going to school at the University of Akron. Um, I was there for about a, almost two years, graduated in 2012, December 2012, with my master's degree in education. And I just so happened to always used to uh, run into um, Dr. Keenan, who's the superintendent of Maple Heights, because he had a daughter that used to do summer track at the same time my sons were doing summer track so i used to always see him at track meets and then it just so happened that a teacher ends up retiring at the same time That's that crazy. i get my um my degree and so it, it all kind of happened to, um in faith that you know this job opens up in my district that i graduated from and i know all these people and and so 
they were able to contact me and ask me like were you still looking for a job and i was like yes definitely and so i ended up doing interviews and things of that nature and you know i ended up getting the job and so i've been teaching in maple heights for the last 10 years and it's been a great journey because like i said i grew up there and these and these are the kids that i um this is my neighborhood. This is my 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 alma mater. It's, it means more to me than most people think. Being there, and although I've had opportunities to be like, well, won't you? I I, I never ever felt like leaving my school district. Um, it's kind of cool being home, you know, w- w- working with the kids that were you that you were years ago. Right. And so that's one of the things that I, I always see myself in them. I see myself as sitting in that desk. Um, and so I always try to tell myself, be the person that you always wanted to, uh, you wanted somebody else to be for you. And so that's why I do what I do as far as being a teacher. I mean, it took me a long, like, although they wanted me to start coaching when I first came there, I didn't start coaching because my sons were still young at the time. How I, old are your boys now? Um, my oldest son is, uh, Malachi is 18. He's a senior. Um, Cohen Jr. is, uh, 15. He's a sophomore. And then Aaron is, um, 11. He's in the fifth grade. So, but Malachi and Cohen were still young at that time. And Aaron was like just barely being <laughs> born. Like he was born at the time, but he was like baby at the time. Sure. So I didn't want to, uh, it was already enough, you know what I'm saying, teaching and then like trying to coach. But then I was also at the same time um, coaching my sons in their sports. So I was just like, the balance wasn't quite there. Once my son, uh, my oldest son hit high school, that's when I kind of took over the track team at Maple. And his ninth grade year is when I took over the team at Maple. So I've been, and I just, I took over the year of COVID, unfortunately. So I was able to kind of like do the indoor season and then the outdoor season. Everything got shut down after that. <clears throat> but it's been a great journey over the last couple of years, trying to rebuild the program, um, getting more kids interested in track, trying to, um, um, trying to change the, uh, the perception of what track and field is in my school because you know we're a heavily dominated football school so um it's i'm trying to get kids to understand that both sports combined together can make a great athlete so and um working alongside with um shaq washington also who has, i covered when he <laughs> you know he took uh took maple to the state championship yeah so working alongside with him trying to um you know, we trying to build together um, this this kind of like what you would see with Ted Ginn, uh sure. and the Glenville side, you know, trying to like dominate with both sides, but only with two separate coaches doing it. So right. he has his lane, I got my lane. So. Yeah, people may not know Ted Ginn, the legendary football coach at Glenville is also the uh, track coach and they've been very successful, obviously, in both sports. Right. So I think that's Ideally, you know what I'm saying, looking at his success and things of that nature is what I would like to kind of help, you know what I'm saying, structure at Maple. Um, so that for me, like I said, and just giving kids the opportunity to, you know, grow and possibly, like I said, I know what it was like for me when I signed and got my track scholarship and, and was able to go to college. And it was a, um, an avenue that I, you know, I I was able to go and get a degree, even though, like I said, I never had the opportunity to really use it. But I still I still felt like it was a great experience for me to kind of be go to school and have the majority of my school paid for it and not have to worry about loans and things of that nature. Um, as well, I you made older. your break you, because you went and served your country, our country. Right. You made your break <laughs> that way. 
So, I mean, but I served after. See, the thing was, uh, most people realize, don't realize, like, I, I, I graduated college way before I even joined. And so, like I said, me serving was, like I said, was a way of me trying to, like I said, I wanted to do something more with my life. And like I said, that's how I feel about serving. That's how I feel about education. I feel like the, like doing something bigger than myself has always been more important to me. You know, I, I believe in taking care of my family. I believe in looking after those around me. And so, like I said, serving in my country, being an educator to me are are fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. They don't, I, it's not, like I always tell my students, success and money and all that kind of stuff is based on how you feel on the inside at the end of the day. And I feel like I can put my head down at night and I can feel like I've done my my job. And I know once I leave this world that I feel like I've left my mark in different places. I don't have to, you know, it's great that I'm on the cover of the magazine. It's great that I get to talk to people about what I've done and what I've experienced. But sure. to me, at the end of the day, leaving my mark behind as far as being this, being a great educator, being um, a great person of influence um, means more to me than all the money and all the mm-hmm. other accolades in the world. Before all this kind of came about, and you mentioned how fate has a way of uh, working in your life, um, can you take us back to the day that fate placed you to be in a, a vehicle that got hit? Um, actually, is what happened was the my truck, I'm usually the second truck in the convoy. Um, when we are on mission, because um, I'm Bravo team leader. Okay. So I'm always. Uh, you were Bravo. in military police yes. serving through the Ohio National Guard in Iraq. Right. This is 2009. Right. So the way MPs work, we are in um, four teams. You have Alpha, Bravo, the squad leader, and you have Charlie team. Okay. So I'm Bravo's team leader. So Bravo is always in this, is the second truck in the. Um, in the convoy but alpha's truck that time that morning wasn't working properly so we had to get them like a um a different um vehicle okay. to take out for mission that day which was a smaller vehicle than normal so we went we put them second and gotcha. put my truck um in in the lead position to lead the convoy which i've led convoys and i've led missions before so it wasn't a big deal so we were actually Heading out of the, uh, we were finishing with mission and we were on our way out of the city that we were um, patrolling. And so as we were getting to leave, that's when everything happened. Um, a, um, a IED roadside bomb detonated on my side of the truck and hitting my vehicle and and, and and hitting my side of the door. So had had things been different, trucks had been different and things like that, somebody else would have took the blast. But I think it was. You know what I'm saying? I always tell people, you know, I don't question God, I don't question faith, and I don't question anything. It was at that time it was it was meant for me to be right there. And then, so I remember getting hit and like I never once lost consciousness. So I'm I'm fully woke the entire time. Um the after the blast happens. And at first I didn't even know I was hit. It took me until me looking to the right hand side and seeing all this blood and stuff to realize that I was actually injured. And so at that time the guy one of my guys in the back, I had a, um, a contractor in the back. He um, he grabs my hand and he starts rapping. He's like, because um, my nickname is CJ. So he was like, CJ, I got to stop the bleeding. And so he's like trying to stop the um, bleeding in my hand. And I'm pinned inside the truck at the time. So they... You can't move from I, there. I can't move. And I have to wait till my squad can come and rescue me and get me out of the truck. And so, you know, at that time, you know, I'm, I'm actually 
I'm on the mic. I'm going back and forth with um, headquarters. I'm going back and forth with medevac, trying to help. I'm trying to do as much as I can, even though I'm injured. I'm trying to do as much as I can to help out with the situation because they're in a firefight as well, trying to. Yeah, I was wondering about how much in, in <laughs> yeah. extensive this was. Yeah, it, I mean, from the time that I got hit to the time it got to to get me to the helicopter, it was 17 minutes. But that was the longest 17 wow. minutes of my life. <laughs> like I'm like. You know, when they say a microwave minute takes forever, but or, or a treadmill minute takes forever, <laughs> them 17 minutes, I'm telling you, probably had to be the longest minutes of my life. And so when they finally get me out of the truck, they um they put me on another truck, and that truck has to get me to the to, to the landing site where the black truck okay. is at. And so, but while I'm inside the truck, I actually I'm sitting in the truck, and I um and. I do what everybody. I think I do what everybody do when they about to do when they feel like they about to die. I start praying, and so I asked God. I said, "Hey, I don't care what happens to me. I don't care how bad these injuries are. I don't care how messed up I am. I was like, just give me two things. I was like, let me see my sons grow up, and let me see my wife. I was like, I don't care about nothing else. Just let let give me them two things, and I'll be happy. And you know, I feel like my prayers were answered. He gave me the the blessings. Like I said, my son is about, my oldest son is about to graduate this year. My other son is a sophomore, and then he blessed me with a third son. So I just feel like everything that I, I I needed and everything I wanted, he gave me at that moment. So everything that I do forward, I feel like is to 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 uh, like I said to honor and and thank God for me still being here. So I think that's why I'm in education. I think that's why you know I get to do the things that I do as far as, you know, influencing kids and, 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 you know, even adults that come like run into my story or, um, yeah. and things of that nature, I get to talk to and kind of try to help in, in the best way possible. So I think that me asking to, you know, for those two simple things, I got so much more out of it. Yeah. You really like triple and, and quadruple the, the blessings that came, but the blessings came with a lot of hard hard-fought determination on your part just to to recover from your injuries and and for folks that are maybe don't know your story you had extensive right leg injury and your right hand uh was beat up pretty good so you had to recover from that how difficult was that Um, because that you're you love to be super active and be fit and uh that affected it right so me being in hospital those nine months was hard because um, like you said, I I was so used to being active. I was so used like to 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 always working out, running and training and things like that. And I still had I, I really wanted to try to make it to like the USA Championships. So when sure. I was in Iraq, I was actually still training to try to come back and actually have a track career um, still because I still felt in the back of my mind that I was still capable of doing it. Hundred percent, sure. And so um, so. The nightmares, the the depression, the suicide thoughts, and all that stuff used to run through my head on a daily basis, and it took a long time for me to kind of be able to thrive and fight through that kind of stuff. What and helped you? Honestly, it was my dad being there. Oh, my dad cool. used to come and um, to D.C. and be with me. Um, my wife being there. It took uh, it took a couple months. I didn't want my sons to, to come at first because I didn't want them to see me the way sure. I was. So I wanted to wait till like after some surgeries and wait till I was kind of processed and healed before they actually was um, able to visit. Yeah. But it was those little things that kind of eventually helped me come out of that dark place. I mean, it still took time. I would say it took, 
even though I was in the hospital for nine months, I still think it took time me coming home, um, trying to reintegrate it back into society still, like not having people want to stare at my hand. Or it took me a, like like I was uncomfortable like wearing shorts gotcha. um, because I didn't want people to see my, my leg and how um, just mangled it was. And, and it's not like I can walk around with a sign on my head that says injured in Iraq. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it took like mentally, it took me a long time to escape those insecurities and not feel like people were staring or feel like I was like uh, I don't want to like the best I uh, like a freak uh, uh-huh. unfortunately um so so I actually ended up going to therapy once I got home um because I needed the help and I needed to kind of help I needed somebody to help me understand yeah. how to process this and how to move forward and eventually I did get the help I needed and I, I thank my wife for that because she knew something wasn't right with me mentally um but after a while you know I found myself back in the gym and once I got back in the gym I started back lifting I started back trying to you know out trying to maneuver life differently and I was trying to build myself back up physically and once I figured out how I could build myself back up um that started to help with the mental aspect too because it gave me more confidence and it gave me more um ability to feel comfortable in life Mm -hmm. so with all those things uh happening that it it just kind of kept elevating and kept elevating and and I, I got to a point in my life where I became more and more comfortable and more and more I started having a more positive outlook on life because then I started telling myself I'm I'm alive and I'm here for a purpose and 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 it's bigger than like I said it's bigger than the injuries it's bigger than than you know what I'm saying feeling like it's like trying to beat these insecurities and so once I realized I can like that those things no longer matter I just I think the rest of my life just started taking off after that. And it took, like I said, that wasn't an overnight thing. And like sure. I always try to tell people this took like, I would say the, not only the nine months in the hospital, but at least another year or so mm. of me being home. You know, even though I was at home, I was, you know, living a good, pretty, a good life. I was going to school, working on my master's degree. I still wasn't a hundred percent fulfilled and a hundred percent happy. I was doing like what most people do when they're going through depression and things like that. And I was just smiling and just trying to go through the motions. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the exterior, you're, the, you're the duck on the water. They don't see how crazy those, those they're paddling underneath, but you're making it look like everything's cool. Right. And so, like I said, it was, if it wasn't for my wife, you know what I'm saying, it's taking the time to notice the signs and helping me go and get the help that I got, sure. then I wouldn't be here like I am today. Well, Corwin, there's, uh, my gosh, you know, we see um, people doing the 22 push-ups a day things for, to signify 22 uh, veterans that, that succumb to depression to the point where they take their own lives. And we can be more and more aware of the incredible mental toll that serving your country um, uh, takes on you. And, and, and yet, here you are, you're a shining example for others uh, to live their lives as best that they can, and not just people that might see you as a, a former military guy per se, but you know the young athletes that are, are training underneath you that want to become the best that they can be. Uh, you're really seeing your true purpose, aren't you? Yeah. Um, like I said, um, like uh, last year, I wrote a book and I caught and I brought the book out and I um, and it's called Count It Out. 
And I've named it Count It Out because I always felt like people counted me out as far as, you know, doctors always told me, oh, you weren't going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. You're going to be limited. You're going to be limited. And I felt like they were trying to put me in this box, like telling me that these are the only really? things you're capable of doing. And that's this is as good as it's going to get. And so I... Every day after, like I said, once I fixed my mental, I wanted to prove everybody wrong. I, that was my whole thing. Like, you're not going to tell me this is the box that I'm supposed to live in. And this is the only, this is this is as good as it's going to get. And I think I use that mentality as a teacher and a coach. Like, don't let nobody put you into a box. And I think I, that's my message to anybody in this world. Like, you, like, everybody always tries to tell us we are only capable of doing these things. Because we come from this neighborhood, or we're from this background, or we we only have we're only able to do this. Gotcha. And I hate that people always try to put other people in a box because we are as humans we're unlimited. We learn how to tap into our potential, and especially if you surround yourself with the right people to help you grow, you you are unlimited in what you want to do and what you want to be. And I always tell that to my students. I tell that to my athletes. If uh, you know what I'm saying, I've had my conversations with other military people um, and things of that nature. So I always, you know, tell people like, be what you want to be. There's no limit to what you you can accomplish, long as you believe in yourself first, and you surround you. Like I said, that's another thing I tell people: surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself. Discard with, the ones right, that aren't. Right? Surround yourself with good people and good hearts and when you and those people who constantly encourage you and push you those are the people you want to be around not those naysayers who say oh you really want to do that you think that's you like that's that's not what you want to hear you want to like but you also want to have people that's going to be critical of your uh you know saying give you um critical feedback sure and, and, but also in the same but they're not bashing your dreams so as you got to, like I said, and I tell students, like, it's going to be a while, you know, as you're young, so it's going to it's gonna be a while before you find that good mix of people that's going to be around you. And even as adults, you know, it's going to be hard to find that good mix of people to be around you. But I think once you do get that, that good, that good uh, base and that good circle around you, then it's, it becomes, like I said, you become limitless as far as what you want to accomplish. And so I think that's, you know, one of the things, like I, like I said, my thing was is to, when I wrote, like I said, when I tell people I wrote my book, and my book was to help people. I wanted people to read it to kind of see that you can beat the odds, and you, no matter what your situation is, um, I don't, like I said, it's not just for military people. It's for anybody that has, feel like they're going through anything, feel like they need just that something positive to kind of see. And I always hope that, that people will read it and see that he did it, so I can do it too. Um, and ideally, like I said, that was always been my purpose and to kind of like encourage people. And like I said, I, my ultimate goal is to go back to Walter Reed this summer and oh. to kind of go visit soldiers. I wanted to go back and kind of like spend time with them and, and you know, and see, check on just like I really did. You have to, visits when you were there, from, yeah, from military. Uh, um, well, I don't know. vets or someone had been through what you had been through per se. Yes, um, I can't think of his name, but he lost both of his legs and he um, he jumps at like he jumps out of planes at like every Super Bowl and every like big game. He's like a paratrooper, 
Um, and he doesn't, and he lost both of his legs serving in the military, but he changed his life to doing something positive. I mean, granted, yeah, like they, the USO was great, great for bringing in like a lot of celebrities and things like that, which I was grateful to meet and, and that things. But I, I can't, I'm so upset that I can't think of his name because he was like one of the, one of those people that kind of like showed me that, Hey, I, I was in the same boat that you was in. And I, he cared. Yeah. And I changed my life and I made something. I just. I changed my life into something more positive. I didn't let it beat me. Um, and there was another, when I was in I Watch Read, there was a kid that was there that he was also a positive influence as far as me kind of like thinking to myself, like, dang, like I'm complaining, but I see this kid and he's talking and he's smiling every day. And he was younger than me, but he ended up losing both arms and both legs. Oh, wow. And But this kid was always like, so upbeat and so positive and it was crazy to me i'm like like to think to see him and he would just be talking to me some days and then and he was just he was different and and i don't know where he's at today i don't know how he's doing today but i will say that he was probably one of the people that kind of like helped me mentally kind of see things differently too while i was in the hospital that's pretty cool that the people really took the time and for someone when you look at the perspective of all things, you certainly had tremendous physical challenges, but but someone like him, uh, with so much more on the plate, if you will, that's that's really mind-boggling. But uh, says a lot about the human spirit, I guess, that you know he he's made up of certain type, and you are as well. You know that you're super positive about what you were doing. Well, lately you've been like you know Mr. Celebrity and what have you. <laughs> What's that been like? Uh, you you're on a national TV show. I know Fox 8 did a story on you. I'm sure there's been other media coverage to be on the cover of Men's Health, which by the way, I read it all the time. So kudos uh, on you uh, being up there. It's it's tr- it's a tremendous magazine, but um, you're a great example of just getting out there and getting after it. Um, so all this has been kind of it's been kind of fun um be honest with you um i've had little things happening between the couple years like between um i did a show called the triumph games back in 2016 that was on cbs sports um where it was like 10 um athletes 10 uh veteran athletes who all had some went through some type of okay trauma or something like that um, where we competed in like all these different events in at west point um and so i did that um um, I've been, there's a documentary called Alive on Epics uh, that I did, um, and they followed me around, me and four other uh, veteran athletes. The only difference was, like, I was the only one that, like, did bodybuilding. The rest of them were, like, like Paralympic-type sports. Sure, So yeah. they thought that I was different because, like, it's, it's it was weird that I, I'm this dude that does bodybuilding um, from and didn't join like Paralympic type sporting events. Even though you did have like a, much of your hamstring uh, uh, muscles um, affected uh, by this and other things as well. Right. So, um, but there's levels of bodybuilding. So I do what's called men's physique, which is all based on judging upper body versus gotcha. like bodybuilding is like you know the whole body. Mm-hmm. But we all they categorize all of them under the umbrella of bodybuilding. So. So I've, like I said, I've done those little things, you know, had, you know, I, uh, back in, I would say 2016, 17, somewhere around there, the Cavs did like, um, 
at their every fan thing where they they honored me there at the cast game and stuff like that so i've had little spurts of things here and there locally here in cleveland and, and stuff like that but with the men's health like to have that level of exposure and things of that nature kind of like is is a blessing because like i said ultimately my 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 whole goal was to always share my story and share it for the world to see and for to create positive energy for people throughout everywhere so it's kind of it's kind of fun to have my friends from like you know texas or um atlanta or <laughs> out Checking in cali back, like sending me like i found seen your magazine at the airport i see yeah. your magazine here i got i got it and i and so it's pretty kind of cool to have that happening at this time like to see so many different people of walks of life um to have it um, i never forget like the other day um, there's a tire shop over here by my house called Leopold Tires, and so I went in there, and the magazine is sitting in their rack. So <laughs> I, I went in there to pick my wife's car up, and I'm just talking to the guys, and I'm like, I'm asking them these questions about like, you know, military discounts and things like that, because I always ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and they was like, no, we try to keep the prices like, and so they was like, no, we we make sure our prices are fair for everybody across the board. So the guys yeah. asking me like, you know, what branch did you serve? So I grab my magazine and I do like this, and he's like. His That's whole you. face, he's like, it's like that you. It's like, <laughs> and so he, he he takes out a sharp. He's like, can you sign? And he had, he had me sign it for him and stuff like that. So, um, things like that have been kind of cool to kind of see. Um, uh, and then my students, they they think it's the, the greatest thing ever that their teachers on the front of a cover of a magazine, and and so. That's cool. It's just it's been a it's been a and although it's like the beginning of January and it's like released just now, starting. So it's going to be an interesting month. It's going to be kind of crazy. Yeah. So I'm having, like I said, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And like I said, I'm glad that people are getting the opportunity to kind of see, like I said, once again, see what it took for me to get here. Because I think most people see me and they just see, like, they see the muscles. They see them like this. But they don't realize the years and years and years that kind of went behind it to get to this point. They don't they didn't see all of the... Um, the, the the mental aspects to kind of it took to get to this point and so i always tell my students i'm like just like instagram is all or these social media is like, yeah it's only the highlight reels of it life is. it's never ever the the actual grit and grind that goes behind that actual highlight and like like it's like seeing a movie like sometimes you see the previews and previews be really good yeah but you don't see all of the stuff that went in order to create that movie to make that movie what it was and i said that's the same thing with life you guys only see the highlights of what people want to show you versus what it took for somebody to actually get there and most people don't never talk about that the hard work and the determination that goes on behind the scenes to get to where you got to get to no they don't and and yet you're you know you're living your your life coming back from what you had to come back from, um, raising a family, being an inspiration to others, and still keeping up, you know, the bodybuilding, the working out, the uh, uh, coaching, a sport that you love, because you, you know, you, you competed that at a high level, and now you get an opportunity to coach. You've got a lot on your plate, but it looks like it's a, a bountiful feast, um, not lacking in a lot of stuff at all. No, it's... Um, um it's great, actually. I don't mind all the stuff that I do and, uh, and taking on the different challenges that I take on. Um, I balance, um, I've learned to balance everything greatly. Um, and I think that that comes with having a great partner and a wife 
who um, allows me to kind of do the things that I do, and and, and she supports me, and mm-hmm. she's also on my coaching staff too. So that that makes it great too. Um, she's my uh, she's my long jump coach. So she's actually um, she with me. competed herself, I assume. Uh, she, yeah, she competed too in high school, and then she um, competed at the uh, University of Akron for a little bit until she was and is not pregnant with our uh, our mm-hmm. oldest son. So, uh, but she is an athlete too. Um, who competes and I um so and she still currently runs right now so which is a great thing uh, but having her as a support and having her you know what I'm saying in, in my corner to back me up and allow like I said once again she's also my biggest encourager like I said at the beginning she's the reason I became a teacher but she's also the reason I wrote my book she's the reason why um I just I did I do so many different things with my life because I I can I can tell her like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, yeah. and she'll be like, all right, and is that what you want to do? Let's come up with a plan, and then move forward. So there's nothing in my life that I think over the last 14 years since the accident took place that she hasn't supported me and encouraged me to do. So, what like I said, like like I said earlier, like having that circle, having that that those people around you to encourage you and push you. Um, that's why everybody says, oh, like you got a lot going on, but I have a great partner also who allows you to have a, lot, have a lot going on. Do you guys do life coaching for people? Like someone just, do you have a business where the two of you do that together? We, or how do you, how would you characterize that? We uh, we have a business called Call Your Elite um, that we do together. And what it is, is like my wife does small business uh, consultation and things like that where she okay. helps people um create um plans and things like that and she does educational consulting as far as so she does both of those aspects my aspect in the business is uh with training and fitness and things of that nature um we have actually talked about doing um family uh, doing writing a book together as a like you know saying what it's like to be a family what it's like to kind of like have all these avenues like you know we got three sons that are highly active in sports and Mm. and, and education um between like both my old, both of my older sons are they take um cctp classes right now okay. so like even like with my sophomore son he was um dual enrolled at tri c in and um at maple heights high school and then my other son he's dual enrolled at ashland university Sweet. in maple heights high school so we have pushed our sons to you know what I'm saying to be great and not only just in sports but also in their education and so we've actually like I said we've talked about that kind of like stuff amongst ourselves as far as like how can we help other families kind of like navigate this 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 life that we navigate and some people think we it's easy but it's really <laughs> not um but and it takes a lot of uh a lot of compromise a lot of talking a lot of just you know different sure different things that you don't think about as far as being a family to kind of create balance where you know like i said um one one time we might have a son that got a track meeting then another son who got yeah. a, a community service event and then we got did we got a, so it's a lot of just it's a, a lot with a google calendar i'll tell you that much like well, if it ain't on the google calendar it might not get done so it, like, it's a lot of balance and stuff that goes into it and i think you know what I'm saying? Like I said, with our business that we have created together, um, we we want to add the family aspect into it. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's been huge just getting a chance to ch- sit down and chat with you. And I really appreciate you kind of opening up, uh, especially going back to that day in 2009. I know that can't can't be pleasant memories, but yet it's all kind of 
come into where you are today. I wish you and your wife and those Maple Heights kids and your boys uh, all the success in the world. You're a great example for uh, many of our listeners or the folks that have watched you know, uh, Fox 8 over the years, the, the athletes and folks that I've had a, uh, the pleasure of interviewing. You're right at the top of the list, and I really appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I I remember seeing you on the news as a kid growing up, and, and, and even in my adult life, seeing you on the news. So it's kind of when you reached out to me, I was like, I was like, I know that guy. <laughs> well, I was so when I saw the story that we we did a story on the news just detailing the whole you being on the cover of Men's Health and then all the stuff that went around it, and I just. Um, I, I knew there was an opportunity, hopefully, to just sit down and get more of the story because, you know, sometimes two, three minutes on the news or a short little thing here and there doesn't do it justice. So once again, let our listeners know about the book that you have and how they can get the book. Um, the book is called Count It Out. It's on my website called Call Your Elite. Um, so if you just Google Call Your Elite uh, CC, you will see it come up. Every book that is ordered, I actually um, I sign it myself okay, um, cool. to, and make sure that I sign it out to the person, whoever orders it. So you can order it through uh, there and get it from me personally. Um, so, yeah, that's the best way. It, I, I I will hope that it, it's, it's a short book. I'll be honest with you. It's that's a, cool. It's a, very, it's a short book. But what I did was I wanted to make sure that it was concise and very I wanted it to not be filled with a bunch of fluff. I wanted to make sure that you got the story raw, real, and that was it. But yes, you can go to callyourelitecc.com and you can get it from there. Oh, good. Great. I hope people take you up on that. All the best, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks very much to Corwin for a great conversation. I really do appreciate his time. And by the way, folks, since the reboot of the podcast, we've done 13 episodes. We've had the likes of Coach Ted Ginn of the championship team, the Glenville High School Tar Blooders, David Leem Kyle, one of the outstanding photographers, Sports Illustrated, Cleveland Cavaliers, Dr. Chad Teague, who trains many of the professional athletes. We had endurance runner Bo Marchante, who recently went past 25 straight years every day getting out there and running. He's an accomplished ultra marathoner as well. So lots of different types of episodes, and we look forward to bringing some inspirational stories of folks like Corwin Collier to you. So I do have an email, jrtelich at yahoo.com, jrtelich at yahoo.com. If you think of someone you'd like us to interview, or if you have an idea for a future episode, I'm certainly open to each and every uh, bit of advice that you guys have. So if you can, please, uh, of course, if possible, subscribe, rate, and or share this episode. I'd like to do that on an organic level to see if we can make it grow. And I really appreciate all the support that you guys have given so far. Look forward to talking to you next time on the next Hellage Talks. See you then.